Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Maller here. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full lineup of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you. One of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. A number of quarterbacks that are down for the count in the NFL, but that was not the story of the last couple days. That was not. That was not the top of the fold headline in the NFL. That That's secondary. Right? It's a lot of backups, guys who won't be in the NFL playing right now, the bulk of the exhibition games, the early part of the schedule. But the story here is that if you thought the pandemic that swept the NFL last year had been ratified, You are incorrect. The Colin Kaepernick disease has continued. In fact, the plague has spread around the NFL. That's the big takeaway from the weekend that was the last four or five days of exhibition football. Because we mentioned it last Thursday. Uh, We were here Thursday into Friday. Malcolm Jenkins of the Philadelphia Eagles in Green Bay on Thursday night, he continued to raise his fist in protest. And then on Saturday – in Glendale, Arizona, 
big headlines all over the place. Marshawn Lynch. wonder how Skittles feels about Marshawn Lynch sitting during the National Anthem. I'm sure that'll help them sell lots of Skittles. Yes? I uh, sat on a Gatorade bucket. Wasn't playing anyway. And then you had in L.A. on Sunday the Seahawks, Michael Bennett, He's like, hey, wait a minute. I got I got this disease, too. I'm going to sit my ass down during the National Anthem. And so that's exactly what he did. So we had three prime cases of this uh, Kaepernick disease over the weekend. But they, the focus, I want to focus on beast mode because that was the one that many people were stunned by. Right? Oh, my God. This is a, supposed to be a very positive addition to the Oakland Raiders. Marshawn Lynch, he was in uniform but did not play. He sat on, a, as I mentioned, a Gatorade cooler while the National Anthem played on Saturday. And he, of course, dodged reporters because that's what he does, uh, refusing to speak after the game, standard operating procedure when he was with Seattle. Although at one point, Marshawn did talk to reporters in Buffalo. The, the legend is that he got burned by a writer in Buffalo. And so he then proceeded to make this whole act up about how he can't handle the media. But anyway, so Marshawn didn't talk. Uh, So that meant that Jack Del Rio had to get out in front on the story. He had to be the good cop trying to defuse the bomb before it explodes. And it's going to explode in the news cycle on Monday. Uh, Let's see. Did Jack Del Rio successfully, did he successfully defuse the bomb? Let's find out. Talk to Marshawn. I want to make sure we're on the same page. He said, uh, this is something I've done for 11 years. It's not a a form of anything other than me being myself. I said, okay. I said, so you understand how I feel. I I very strongly believe in standing for the national anthem, but I'm going to respect you as a man. You do your thing, okay? And we'll do ours. So that's a non-issue for me. Yeah. I'm always amazed that in 2017 you can hear the cameras flashing in the background. I take a bunch of pictures on my phone, and I don't. there's no noise. I, I I don't get it. Why can't they get the quiet cameras? I mean, that must be for effect. All right, so did Jack Del Rio successfully defuse the bomb? Uh, I'm going to go no. I'm going to go no. You heard there, according to Del Rio, Marshawn Lynch told him that he's been sitting for the anthem over 11 years, and this is not a form of anything other than him being himself. Now, the, the Raider coach who had to speak for Marshawn, because I said he didn't speak, he didn't talk here, you heard him say there that he feels strongly for standing for the national anthem, but he said he respects Marshawn Lynch's decision. So the question is this. We'll focus on Marshawn for the time being because uh, no disrespect to Bennett, but Marshawn's a bigger name. Bigger name. All right, so uh, we play the big names here. How do you think the Raiders really feel about this? I know that's the public position of Jack Del Rio, but how do you believe the Raiders really think uh, about all of this? Uh, I believe it's a case of a couple of things. If you get the Raiders behind closed doors and you give them truth serum, the Raiders will tell you it's buyer's remorse, it's damage control at this point, and it's revisionist history. It's those three things. And we'll go point by point here. I'll tell you why. A, the Raiders brought Marshawn Lynch in to help sell tickets, to create excitement, to unite everyone together. It's a lame duck franchise. They're headed off to Vegas. You know the story. And it was hoped that Marshawn would, of course, enhance the running game and all that. But this was also a marketing gimmick by the Raiders. You know, deep down, the Raiders have to be disappointed at this point because we'll see how it plays out over the next couple of days. But 
Uh, you know, they've been given the gift that every team dreads. Every team whines about it, complains about it. No talk shows complains about it, but every team in the NFL says, we don't want the D word. Keep the D word away. Well, Marshawn Lynch has just dropped a flaming hot pile of the D word right at the doorstep of the Raiders. Destruction has arrived in Raiderland. And so now you look at Carr and Del Rio and every other prominent figure, a player on the Raiders, and they are now going to be peppered with questions about Marshawn Lynch. And if they don't sit on a Gatorade cooler, do they not support Marshawn Lynch? Of course, the flip side is Marshawn, we don't even know what he's doing. He just, he said he's not doing anything. Uh, he says there's nothing protesting. He, of course, people have picked up the, uh, the football from Marshawn, and they're claiming that there's this great noble cause of Marshawn Lynch, but the person who's doing it hasn't said anything. So it's being perceived and twisted by many into what their agenda and what they believe Marshawn was doing. So he's now the new poster boy for some of a cause which Marshawn has yet to put his name on. But that I last I checked, that's not what the Raider franchise signed up for. So that is a case of buyer's remorse. They didn't sign up for this. They didn't think they were getting that. Now, the other part of it is you're Jack Del Rio. We played the sound right there. He was in full spin mode. Right, full spin mode on Saturday, and either he's done a 180 on players sitting for the national anthem, or Jack Del Rio is a big fat liar. And what's my evidence on that? Jack Del Rio's own words. I remember talking about Del Rio last year on the radio when the Kaepernick story first came out a year ago in August, and I remember Del Rio had some very strong statements. So I went back and I looked, and I I said, you know what? Wait a minute. So. I now present to you, these, this is Jack Del Rio one year ago. Let's go back in the DeLorean time machine to August of 2016, and here's the Raider coach at that point. Again, this is when none of his players were, were sitting down during the National Anthem. Jack Del Rio said, quote, for us, meaning the Raiders, I think it's more about recognizing you're part of an organization and you represent our organization and our organization believes – that you should pay respect to the flag. That's Del Rio babbling that to reporters about National Anthem protest by Colin Kaepernick. Del Rio continues, save those individual decisions to express yourself on an individual forum, Del Rio stated about Kaepernick. Now he's changed his tune, yes? But wait, there's more from the Raider coach as we go back in the hot tub time machine. He also said that's how we feel in talking to Mark Davis, Del Rio stated, the Raiders' managing partner, how the football team feels about it, how our organization feels about it, and uh, that's right in line with my thinking about it as well, Del Rio uh, claimed. And in the span of a year, he's uh, he's changed his tune quite a bit. I feel strongly about it, but I respect Marshawn Lynch's decision. That's the change from Del Rio. So is he lying or did he have a change of heart? Which You have to decide that. Which one is it? Attacked by his own words. Certainly a case of revisionist history, I would say. Yes. You can look it up yourself. It's from August of 2016. Jack Del Rio commenting on Colin Kaepernick. And now his words coming back to bite him in the behind here a year later. So, well, we'll uh, again, we'll, we'll kind of keep an eye on it. The next couple of days it's... Uh, the potential to be toxic. I've already heard from some Raider fans that have emailed me very unhappy about this. So this is not uh, not exactly what the Raiders were thinking 
when they got uh, Marshawn Lynch in the fold. They thought, oh, everyone's going to love this guy. Everything's going to be great. No one's going to be upset with him at all. The Raider fans are going to love the guy. And clearly there's already a divide. And he didn't even play in the game last week. So we'll make the same points we've made before. Time and place matter. And you are free to protest in your own time. But when you're at work, at the job, your employer has the right to be say, uh, no, you are not allowed to protest while you are on the clock. But clearly the NFL has not taken that stance. Why has the NFL not taken that stance? Uh, you got to blame Roger Goodell for a lot of this. It's his leadership, and he allowed this to go on last year, and so now the toothpaste is out of the tube, and here we are with multiple players again, and the data indicates that a lot of fans, the majority of fans, don't like this. They're not happy with this. It's hurting the product of the NFL, and it's on Roger Goodell. So what happens now? What is the NFL going to do? Well, the NFL has to be uh, proactive here. They're going to have to have that seminal moment, if you will. And there's, there's two avenues that the NFL can, can go now. I've helped the NFL as a uh, consultant, an unpaid overnight radio consultant. The two ways this is going to work out for the NFL is they either punish the players for insubordination or, or they cut them off at the pass. How do you cut them off at the pass? Yeah, you have a gala national anthem ceremony, and you keep the players in the locker room. There they can kneel down and sit down all they want, and you play the national anthem in the stadium, and you get on and you bring the teams out after that, you play the game. That's, those are the only two ways you can go about How else you Unless you just keep it going, and maybe the NFL doesn't care that people are upset by this, and they're fine with it. They think it's all good. All right, so the Ben Maller Show on Fox. Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie is here somewhere. Garcia. Oh, Garcia, that's right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, you're so, you're so paranoid about that last name. Well, I want people to know my, you know, if you're going to include the other stuff in there, I'd like my full well, name to be included. a lot of nicknames at this point here. Somebody, I, I was at the, the gym last week, and the guy says, uh, why do you call him Steamboat? So then I had to explain the whole thing about how, you missed the NFL draft show, one of the signature shows of the year to go to Disneyland. Please. And I said, you know, people, I tried to explain them. I said, well, people turn on the radio for the NFL draft. It's one of those things the casual listener doesn't actually always you know, listen, but they'll tune in for these big events. And Eddie went to Disneyland, so we named him Steamboat Willie. A listener came up with it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, all right, really? Uh, now it makes was sense. Was he satisfied with that explanation? Did he feel like, okay, now I know the rest of the story? He kind of like walked away. Yeah, like, yeah that's really, what I, I think really, so. Uh, yeah. Didn't really Didn't care. seem that impressed. No, nah, it's not the, that great uh, of a nickname. With the... Well, it's a pretty good nickname. It flows. Eh. You didn't like the shuttlecock with sports stuff. No, we can go back to that if you want. That's stupid. No, that's, that's an accurate. Stupid. I like that nickname. It's that's, really dumb. It's a good nickname. You're the guy. You are the shuttlecock of sports How about star. the great Zamboni? We can do that one. Nah, Come good. on. Not that good. I'm the hockey guy. Eh, it's not hockey season. The, the shuttlecock thing means it doesn't have any It does. You use, the, you use the term on the show. No one else uses the term shuttlecock on the radio. You did what, that. No one talks badminton, but I why mean, not? if you do you talk should, about you, it, how would you not say the shuttlecock? That could be your unique niche. You could be the yeah. shuttlecock. Something guy. that was mentioned one time in a meaningless conversation, and that's a nickname. Uh, well, again, that's how all nicknames form. You think no, m- it needs to be attached oh, to something stop. that talks about your personality not, and your I, interests. No, I, you, I know nickname etiquette. I know nickname no, etiquette. that's why you have too many of them. I don't have too many. Yes, you I do. don't have enough. You in have fact, way, all, we- way, way all too weekend many. people were listening to the podcast and sporadically they were sending in random nicknames. So they have a bunch of other nickname ideas, and we might have to have a big late summer contest. Yeah, for have that you ever other- heard less is more? No, 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 no. Because well, that's accurate. I have more. That's the claim to fame, Eddie. 
Uh, I don't. Well, if I, that's I don't, your claim to fame. That's a good claim to fame. To, you need to find a new one. No, nobody else in radio has more nicknames than me. Not Steve Harvey. Right. Not Howard Stern. Not, not Limbaugh. Dopes. Not any of these people. They don't have the nicknames I've got. They don't have it. So that's the claim to fame right there. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. If you look at the overall race in baseball. So all but over, the Dodgers have opened up an 11-game lead over the Astros for the top record in professional baseball. So the road to the World Series will go through Los Angeles, at least at the start of the playoffs. But uh, the Washington Nationals are only a game and a half behind the Astros for the second-best record in baseball. That's uh, surprising to some, considering how dominant the Strohs had been at the beginning of the year. But even though the Astros won... On Sunday, they've still lost seven of the last ten, and over the last three weeks, the Astros have been very poor. In fact, below average would be the Astros' performance. But it was a random matchup between the woebegone Giants. At the very bottom of the baseball standings, the Giants find themselves tied in the loss column with the Phillies for the most losses in baseball, although they've won a few more games. But the the Giants... Just playing out the string against the Nationals over the weekend. It turned out to be what you got to consider a plot changer to the Major League Baseball season. Bryce Harper left the game on Saturday in the first inning. and He was running down to the first baseline. He struck first base awkwardly while running out of ground ball and immediately fell to the ground like he'd been shot. Uh, clearly agonizing in pain. And he had, had slipped on top of a wet bag. You don't want to do that. You want to stay away from the wet bag. Everyone says stay away from the wet bag. Bryce Harper didn't stay away from the wet, the wet bag. So what happens now? Well, you have Mike Rizzo, the general manager of the Washington Nationals. He's the guy that told us many years ago with Steven Strasburg, don't worry, the Nationals will be in the, you know, in the World Series. They'll be great year after year. They haven't exactly been great year after year. They've been Good, but not great. But anyway, Rizzo, uh, the GM of the Washington Nationals, saying that he is optimistic. He used the word optimistic that Bryce Harper will return this season. Dusty Baker, the savvy veteran big league skipper, also backing up the words of Rizzo, saying that Bryce Harper will be back before the end of the season. So the GM, the manager are in lockstep. They both said that don't worry. Bryce Harper is going to be back. It's, it's all right. This is a bruise, a bone bruise, no ligament damage. He's going to come back. So here's the question. What are the actual chances that Bryce Harper returns to the Nationals lineup? But I, I'm not just talking about returning. I'm talking about coming back and performing. So why don't we turn it around? Why don't we say what are the chances that Bryce Harper doesn't come back and make an impact in the Nationals lineup, okay? So that's the question. What are the chances he doesn't return and become the dominant figure that he's been this season? I believe that's the favorite. In fact, as the odds maker, I will say there's a 75% chance that the Washington Nationals have seen the last of the dominating Bryce Harper this year. And I'm going to walk you through this, and I'll tell you why. First of all, there's a very key point that you need to remember. There is a difference between Bryce Harper coming back and playing, and Bryce Harper coming back and being the X-Factor for the Nationals. 
I am talking about him being the alpha dog. That's what I'm talking about. One of the top five players in the sport of baseball. In fact, he's fifth right now, Harper. He's ranked fifth best in terms of war. Wins above replacement. Everyone loves war, right? Wins above replacement. Well, Bryce Harper is fifth in that category. So I would use the word imperative. That's the word to describe what the Nationals have to get from Bryce Harper. It's imperative that he comes back and he's the linchpin that he's been. But you didn't need me to tell you that. You already knew that. Washington is facing an uphill battle in the National League playoffs. Even with Bryce Harper, without Bryce Harper, you would say, forget about it, right? That, that was. There's a good chance that this is a season-shattering situation, unlike the Dodgers who have shown the ability to overcome Clayton Kershaw and and he's been out, and it sounds like he's going to come back at the end of August. That was out at the Dodger game on Sunday. My Dodger people whispering in hushed tones that it sounds like he's on track to come back at the end of August, which will give him plenty of time to get all set for the playoffs. But this is about Bryce Harper. This is about Bryce Harper. And it is fair to say the Nationals do not have the kind of depth that they can get someone at this point. You can still make trades and you got to make waiver trades to get someone that can fill Bryce Harper's shoes. And secondly, while everyone around the Washington Nationals have all said the same thing, all the big shots have waxed poetic, that, and they put this positive spin that Bryce Harper is returning before the playoffs. I'm a skeptic. There is no timetable that's been given. No timetable on Bryce Harper coming back. And, and Harper has said that he's only going to return when he's feeling 100% healthy. Well, when does anyone feel 100% healthy, right? I mean, let's be real here. So you have to take what these guys say at face value. Now, why why would this be? An exhaustive approximately 10 minutes of internet investigation. Here's what I was able to come up with. And this is the kind of Pulitzer Prize winning journalism that has me doing overnight sports radio. The kind of Googling, the kind of yahooing and binging and asking and all of these things that I've I used every search engine I could. And here's what I came up with after 10 minutes of searching. It revealed to me that Bryce Harper ain't coming back anytime soon. And the reason that there's no timetable given, uh, this is what I came up with with a bone bruise. The healing time for most serious bone bruises, and that's what the Nationals are saying. Remember, these are their words. I'm not changing it. The quote was significant bone bruise. That's the uh, the, the, uh, analyzation of Bryce Harper's knee, that he had a significant bone bruise and no ligament damage. Well, based on Internet research, most bone bruises of a serious nature take about two months, two months to get back to normal. But the effects can be felt for up to two years. But let's assume the position that Bryce Harper is a fine-tuned cyborg of an athlete. So let's go low on this. Let's say he's it's really bad, but it's only going to be two months. That's a positive outlook. I'm not being negative here. I'm being positive. All right, let's do the timeline. You ready? All right, you look at your you look at your phone. You see, okay, it's August fourteenth right now. The injury happened on on August the twelfth on Saturday. So let's go two months out into the distance, okay, into in the future from Saturday. Where does that put us? Two months, uh, sixty days, sixty one days. October twelfth, Thursday, October twelfth. Why is that a problem? Well, I'll tell you why. 
The Major League Baseball playoffs start in 36 days. Bryce Harper, if this is, as the Nationals say, just a bone bruise, and they're not lying to us about that, that's a two-month injury. Playoffs start in 36 days. How about game one of the World Series? Let's say the Nationals shock the world, somehow upset the great Dodgers, the all-time great Dodgers, and they get to the World Series. The World Series starts in game one of the World Series is in 57 days from today, uh, or from, from when the injury occurred. So 57 days. So you do the timeline on that, and Harper, if it's two months, which that's what the Internet tells us, Bryce Harper ain't going to be around for the playoffs. At least the bulk of the playoffs, Bryce Harper's not going to be back. And, again, even if he comes back, what is he? I mean, that's the final thing here, the last word on this. That's the Nationals' conundrum. Let's say Harper does come back in 36 days. Is he a decoy? Do you bring Bryce Harper back and hope that teams don't realize he can't get all the way around because his knee's all messed up? Or is Harper going to somehow take some uh, magic potion? and rub it all over his knees, and the clear and the cream, wink and a nod to my man Barry, and, uh, and, and all of a sudden just start hitting monster bombs. That's the question. But I am not optimistic. You, you have to be pessimistic given the injury and what the timeline would be for Bryce Harper as the Nationals have already 72, uh, 70 wins in hand. They're, they're a couple of games, a game and a half behind the Astros for the second-best record in baseball. That doesn't get you much, though. Because the Dodgers have the top record in baseball, so even if the Nationals finish with the second best record, it does not does not help per se. They're not going to get like home field over the Dodgers. That doesn't doesn't work that way. All right, Spin Maller show on Fox, Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie Garcia is uh, is here. So it's, right. it's a lot, yeah. It's probably too much, uh, but we've done it that way for a while now. So until I get really bored with that and we come up with something else we'll just we'll just keep going with it hey i heard uh, i heard from blind scott on twitter about what happened last week i don't know if you remember we were talking about he almost set his house on fire yeah p1 apartment. former caller of the year blind scott part of show royalty someone i had dinner with in boston and his dog attacked the waitress at the restaurant his seeing eye dog yeah or, uh, or uh, not seeing eye. what does he call it uh, I don't know, assistance dog? Something like know. that. Seeing yeah. eye dog's yeah. fine. We okay. all understand what that means. Sure. So uh, found out some details about it. It was not a microwavable burrito, as we uh, we assumed. that uh, Aluminum foil, we thought. Right, well, yes, it was aluminum okay. foil, but chicken parm sub Ooh, was good uh, what he was, chicken parm. he was reheating that. And I asked yeah. him, did he smell the smoke? And he said, no, he heard it, it popping. Ooh. And uh, and so he, uh, so that's a tough one. Yeah, he he figured out it was uh, on fire and uh, had to use a fire extinguisher. Oh, and wow. Kramer the dog was was next to him, how, was by how, his side battling the flames. How did he know? <coughs> how did he know where the fire extinguisher was, and how did he know where to point the fire extinguisher? Um. Well, I don't know. I, I guess he is. Uh, you know, Blind Scott is very big on safety. Yeah. Uh, and so he had it. Strategically placed somewhere. I don't know in the yeah. in the kitchen, I guess, which makes sense. I want to know how this is going over in the blind community. Does this happen a lot in the blind community? Do we have a lot of these micro microwave mishaps? Because we're very popular with the blind listener, Eddie. Uh, know, I know that. I am a hero in the blind community. They turn That's to this odd, show. Yes, you seem to be for entertainment, uh, for salvation. That's what they turn to the show Uh-oh. for. And uh, there's some sound. Be careful. Be careful, Blind Scott. Be careful. Ow, 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 ow. No! Ah! 
Uh, he said he has ordered two more fire extinguishers. He's prepared. Yeah. And another microwave. It sounds to me. <laughs> yeah, he might need that too. Yeah. It sounds to me like Kramer was slacking a little bit. Why didn't Kramer warn him about the, the aluminum foil on the on the meal? He's probably more worried about that chicken parm burrito he's going to get <laughs> yeah. part of. Right? You want to <laughs> yeah. make sure you heat that up. Sub, I like not my, burrito, oh, a sub. sub. Sorry, yeah. sub, yeah. whatever. Fine. Same no, he's, I asked him, did Kramer let you know? And he, and yeah. he said, no, nah, he was next to me when, it, when he was battling the flame. So at least he didn't run and hide. It's a hero dog right Yeah. Now. Yeah. Dog could have run away and said, I'm looking out for myself. Screw you. You're on your own there. That's great. Did the fire department come? Was it that? I, I don't know. Okay. This is just a series of tweets. So I don't okay. Know. Well, that's maybe he'll call yeah. in and fill us in. Did uh, you? Did you go to the Charger game on Sunday, Eddie? Now, uh, Ben, you know me better than you that. You don't go to. Actually, I do not. Your go wife to go to practice the football games. Did your wife? Go? She did. She did. And uh, she was texting me in the third quarter and said, "This is painful." Yeah. And I said, "Yes, that's the why." The stadium or just the score of the game. Uh, the stadium yeah. was not bad. Not uh, bad. It, yeah. you know, the, the, the bathrooms didn't stink and there wasn't leaking, uh, you know, roofs and yeah. garbage cans collecting water here and there. So, uh, yeah, she was okay with the stadium. I got a lot of people upset about the, the whole chargers, like this, the San Diego contingent. I, I get you're going through the five stages of, of grieving, but I mean, this has been, how many years has it been rumored that chargers were going to leave San Diego and come to. To L.A., this has been going uh, on a pretty like long for, time. Yeah, for better part of a decade. The rumor's been there that the charges were going to come uh, to to L.A. But uh, yeah, so uh, exhibition football. When's their next exhibition home game, Eddie? Are you going to go to that? Is it uh, no, the, no I, you're not. I won't you're be going go to that. that. Okay, I, yeah. I don't know when it is. I considered going to the Ram uh, Ram Cowboy game. Considered it, and then I said I can go sit on the beach. So why would I go watch that when I can watch Waves? Now, I'm not going to be too snobby about the preseason football. Yeah. I did watch the Steelers-Giants uh, preseason game, but I did it with the remote in hand, uh-huh. and I fast-forwarded through a lot of it, and it probably watched it all in about 40 minutes. Yeah. That's the way, if you're going to watch it to me, that's yeah. the way to watch now, what I, I like my way better. Now, I, I told my guys in Kansas City, I go every Friday morning. I spend Friday mornings with our morning guys in Kansas City Fesco in the morning on 610 Sports. And I told them I consume the exhibition games like baby food in small doses. Like I watched, I can tell you what, I watched a little bit of Deshaun Watson the other night. I watched a little bit of Mahomes in the Chiefs game on Friday night. I watched a little bit of Trubisky. See, I watch a little bit, just enough to get a feel for it. But I can't watch more than a little bit. Now, what if Tony Romo had still been playing for the Cowboys? Would you have been at the Coliseum then? Of course. I would, I would have been his cabana. Man. I would have been right there. If you needed a towel. I'd be right. Whatever you need, Tony. I've got your towel right here. Oh, that is creepy. Yes. I'm, here. I'm looking out for him. A towel? Yes. You wait next to him in the shower? Oh, no, maybe on the sidelines. You get sweaty out running off the field, and I'll give him the towel. What would, you, human, what would you do with a towel afterwards? I don't know. It's human hand warmer. Listen, he's going to be a great broadcaster now. And you keep in mind, uh, if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, who the Packers going to call? Tony Romo. That's who they're going to call. If Dak Prescott gets hurt, who do you think the Cowboys are going to call? Tony Romo. If Russell Wilson gets hurt in Seattle, who do you think Pete Carroll is going to call? Tony Romo. Mo, that, that's the guy that gets the call. Romo, Romo, Romo. Listen, we know he's going to suck as a broadcaster. Wow. We know he's going to be terrible, right? I mean, we heard the whole uh, the hostage letter retirement speech, uh, the seating of the starting job to Dakota Prescott and how pathetic that was. So he's going to be hokey and cornball and cliche as a broadcaster. But as a quarterback, totally different. 
totally different. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled. And away we go. It's the flavor of the moment. The Daily Popularity Contest, and we bring in for the first time this week, the Coupe de Loup. I don't typically take joy in seeing people get injured, Ben, but That's that was the funniest looking injury I've ever seen. Bryce Harper? Life. Yeah. Like that. I what mean, a way to go down. He, he looked like he died. You did, right? It looked like he had been <laughs> shot, and that was it. I said to Danny, I was like, it looked it looked like he like a ligament had torn and it acted like a pogo stick, but he didn't even yeah. tear a ligament. Well, that's what they say, though. You know, I'm skeptical. Don't you think, like, in the offseason, there'll be some mystery yeah, revealed yeah. about an injury? Yeah. Yeah. All right. After the Bills traded away Sammy Watkins on Friday, GM Brandon Bean felt the need to defend himself to the whoa, media. Whoa, whoa, stop. What's the GM of the Bills? Brandon? I, I've, I've never heard Brandon of Brandon Bean? I don't know. You might be right. You could just make it up. Who would know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have no my, idea. My sources tell me that's the uh, the GM to the Bills. Yeah. Uh, he said that he defended himself to the media, uh, saying that he heard of grumbling of the Bills throwing in the towel after the trade. Bean insisted that it wasn't the case by pointing out that they got a starting wide receiver in Jordan Matthews. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was a starter until practice ended. Yeah. <laughs> ben, are the Bills throwing in the towel? Nah, see, the, here's the thing about the Buffalo Bills. My guys in Western New York, they know this. This is standard operating procedure. When you're the Buffalo Bills, a Sammy Watkins has shown flashes of greatness, right? And he's 24 years old, and already his career's at a crossroads. This guy averaged over 16 yards per catch playing in Western New York and on the road wearing the Bills laundry. And right now, Buffalo is doubling down on the fact that Sammy Watkins is a fraud that he's going to regress instead of progress. Now, maybe they'll be proven correct, but in terms of raw talent, Jordan Matthews is a pedestrian receiver when standing alongside Sammy Watkins. You know that. I know that. The Buffalo Bills know that. And B, the Bills have been tripping over themselves for 20 years now. It's like Tyrod Taylor is the captain of a rudderless ship right now in Buffalo. And they're just steaming forward at a very high rate of speed. Uh, and, and there's a dense fog around the, the team. And they're going off into the night into oblivion, which is known as the AFC East. So there's no throwing in the towel. They've never been good. I mean, in, in Koopa Loop, in your lifetime, right, you were like, what, Five or six the last time they were really good in Buffalo? Yep. Yeah. Think about that, Coop. You're like an adult now, and they were little you were a little child the last time they were good. All right, next. Ever since Jake Cutler unretired and signed with the Dolphins, he's repeated the same narrative that this was a unique situation, giving the impression that he wouldn't have come out of retirement for anyone else other than Adam Gase since he already knows the offense. Ben, do you believe that it would have been Dolphins or nothing? Uh no, absolutely not. Jake Cutler is not being genuine. With that statement, uh, this is diplomacy. This is statesmanship. And he's also selling some manure. All right, number one, Adam Gase is not Jesus H. Christ. All right, uh, when it comes to offensive football, he's, a, he's an up and coming coach, some say. Others are skeptical, like myself. 
But let's hold off on the hyperbole here for the Dolphins head coach. I would say that the Miami weather had as much to do with twisting Jay Cutler's arm as anything else. The quality of life, let's see, 85 degrees and sunny in November and December and maybe January if you're still working versus 32 and snow for a good stretch of that time. Which are you going to pick? It's not like the Dolphins are a favorite. If you look at the landscape in the AFC, the Dolphins were a playoff team last year. They're a fringe playoff team this year. It's a pipe dream to think they're much more than that. And number two, Jay Cutler would have been and could have been persuaded by about a half dozen NFL teams. And you know who those teams are. If Dakota Prescott, his let's say his elbow cracked or Russell Wilson was poisoned by nanobubble water, uh, then I'm 100% convinced that Jay Cutler would have not only answered calls from Jerry Jones and Pete Carroll, he would have been on the first flight out from wherever he's living, whether it's L.A. or Nashville or wherever, he would have been on the first flight to that city. So, no, he's not being honest with this particular statement. It looks good, right? Makes every, all the Dolphin fans feel good, like, oh, it's only here. You know, we got the guy, the perfect coach. Next! Now, after it was reported that Derek Jeter would be leading the group to buy the, Mi- the Miami Marlins, it was also reported that Jeter may be looking to get rid of the $2.5 million fish sculpture in center field. Now, this thing is constantly mocked by broadcasters and opposing players alike, but some say that it gives Marlins Park its character. Ben, does it need to go, or is it so bad that it's actually good? Now, Cooper, I, I point out all the time that I am a, a consultant. What we do here is we, we give free consulting to professional sports franchises. So here's the deal. I would, like to ha- I would like to help Derek Jeter out. I have the answer. I have the answer here. And here it is. I got a promotion for you. Art Deco Demolition Night. Art Deco Demolition Night in Miami. Here's how it's going to work. First of all, you charge 10 bucks a ticket. The winner gets Marlin season tickets and the chance to detonate that monstrosity in the outfield. Now, you bring in a team of experts you strategically place dynamite all over that. And let's say between games of a twinite doubleheader, Marlins and Mets, you make it on the schedule there for next year, you would have a gigantic explosion. You'd have the crazy fans in Miami who would love it. Uh, it would be great for social media. It would be wonderful. And what a great win for the Marlins franchise, a fresh start. And secondly, Derek Jeter who was rumored to be the Marlins owner, then it was rumored he wasn't going to be the Marlins owner, and then it was rumored again he was going to be the Marlins owner, and now I believe he's putting up $25 million, something like that, but he's going to get control of the team day-to-day. Derek Jeter should be dedicated to the eradication of that dreaded eyesore in center field. That should be his focus. That's the first move, and I would expect the Marlins to mimic the Yankees Jeter, that's what he knows, the Yankee machine and all that. So if you want to mimic the Yankees, what do you do? You rip off the Monument Park, which they have in the Bronx, and you put up a bunch of statues and tributes to great Marlins like Jeff Conine, Mike Lowell, Juan Pierre, the Ruth DiMaggio and Garrick of Marlin baseball in the past. And there's other legends as well. Charlie Huff could have a place out there, right? Why stop at just the – the few handful there. There's a bunch of other great Marlins of the past. But, yeah, you absolutely blow it up. Remember, Art Deco Demolition Night in Miami. There it is. 
Mallard of the third degree. How did we do? Then you pass this edition. That's the winner! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Meanwhile, uh, there have been many people who are, this is witch hunt, and people are trying to tear down baseball's best team. Uh, what about Bob on Twitter says the first 22 years of the wild cards and the playoff teams with the best record have won the world series just five times, no pressure Dodgers. Uh, and then over the weekend, one of the, my favorite tweets I've ever got, I'm being totally sincere here. Uh, Marshall Hilton, who's been a big time listener over the years and, and just despises everything I say. Uh, he, he was watching uh, one of the Dodger games over the weekend against the Padres on Saturday. And my man Marshall said of the Dodgers, quote, they have let their foot off the accelerator. They look sluggish, uninspired, and disinterested. Pitching's iffy. The bats are cold. The Dodgers then went on to score a boatload of runs in that game, and they they ran away with a win on Saturday, and they – Came back and didn't play all that well on Sunday, but they won again. And they went, I believe they're 49 games above 500 now. I believe that's accurate. 49 games above 500. And a guy says that they've let their foot off the accelerator, looking sluggish, uninspired, and disinterested. The quote. See, uh, that, that's, uh, listen, let me explain what's going on. This is not that hard. I know it's very difficult, and uh, you guys are, and these are all heartfelt messages. You really want to see the Dodgers fail. They're not going to fail. They are not going to fail. This is a team of, uh, I don't want to say team of destiny. I don't believe in team of destiny and all that, but this is a team that's going to win the World Series. You can spin it however you want to spin it. The deck is stacked in their favor, and at the end they will be standing up above everyone else, and they will have the World Series trophy, and it's going to be a glorious day, and everyone else in baseball is doomed. How about that? Okay. Just, Just because you say it doesn't make it so, but I'm glad it makes you feel better. Uh, tell me why I'm wrong. Well, it doesn't happen that often, as often as you would think. Well, last year that the it happened. team with the with the overall best record wins the World Series. Well, last year it happened. Why would it not happen this year? You're going to go look at yeah, patterns. And, and you talked all last season about how it wasn't going to happen. But again, they won so the World Series your, your, last year. Your prediction, just because you say it, last, doesn't make it so. But last year, the Chicago Cubs had the top record. They won right. 103 and, and last games, year and they you won said the World Series. And last year you said they had no chance of winning the World Series. It was but again, not they, going to happen. But again, they did. So if you're going to go by past results, you would go by the last yeah, year. Yeah, I'm going by past results. Last year. And so you, you say, saying the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. When you said team. last year that the Cubs had no chance of winning the World Series. You, you see what I'm saying here? No, no, no. The Dodgers, okay. this is a this is a once-in-a-lifetime team, this Dodgers team. If you look at the all-time best record for regular season wins in baseball. Uh-huh. yes. Yes. Like the top eight teams, uh-huh. I think like three or four of them went on to win the World Series. So that's so, not a great. So does that mean average. the Dodgers should try to lose games by your logic? No, they, no, but, but uh, no, you of course getting, not. Of course, how stupid that sounds. You I'm sound saying like be, just because you have an all-time regular yeah. season doesn't guarantee you're going to win the World Series. That's and it doesn't guarantee you. It doesn't guarantee you're not going to win the World Series. <laughs> okay. And I would say you'd rather have an all-time wouldn't, great wouldn't you, team. Wouldn't you think? Wouldn't you if rather you were, have? Wouldn't what, you what think if you were one of the best all-time teams in the regular? season that you would win the World Series more yes, than 50% of the that, time? I believe that that's in the past. That doesn't mean that this is going to be uh, the same as the past results. You do realize that, that this current Dodger team has nothing to do with the 0-1 Mariners 
or any of the other teams in the past that had the top record in baseball. This is a unique situation. I, Why? I challenge Why you, is it unique? Tell me what the Dodgers' weaknesses are. Go ahead. Wait, answer my question. Why is this unique? Because Why is this, this unique is a, from what the Mariners because did? Because this team has no weakness. That Mariner team, their starting pitching was not anywhere as good as the 2017 Los Angeles Dodgers starting pitching. Okay. So you're going to give up that easy? What what are the I mean, we- what can tell I me say? Rich Hill. I've talked about these before. All these Akinta uh, Maeda. All star. Yeah, they're all murderers row. This is the greatest pitching staff well, of all time. Well, let's right, see. Right. Clayton Kershaw, you Clayton Darvish. Kershaw is not pitching right now. He's gonna pitch at the end of August. He'll be more That's what than you he- say. You also say Bryce Harper is not coming back and playing well and, and well, Andrew Bryce Luck Har- is injured. He's not gonna come back a, and play well. But the- Clayton Kershaw yes. is Yes. Makes perfect sense. Yes, exactly yeah. right. He's yeah. going to be back, I believe, August, right around the time the, and he's the just Mayweather. And pick up right where he left off. What? Of course. But but Why Bryce Harper he? isn't, and Andrew Luck That's won't. a bone bruise. It's probably a lot worse than a bone bruise. You've, you've examined him, so you, yes, you know what it is? Yes, okay. I have. Great. I watched the injury many times. Great. I have it completely figured out, uh, 100%. Yeah, you've got it completely figured yes. out. Yes. Yeah. All right, it's the Ben Maller Show on Fox. Again, what are their weaknesses? You, you've, I've asked you for the weaknesses. You've given me nothing. Uh, you've given uh, me their absolute... pitching staff is a weakness. The, pit, the best pitching staff in baseball is a weakness. And those guys have done the nothing best... in the postseason. So, they're so just, how, when the pressure's at its biggest and then when the competition's at its best, they're just going to keep so rolling who, these guys who down. Who else would you bet on who has proven to get it done in the playoffs? What other pitching staff? They've got the top numbers in baseball in all of professional baseball this year, and that's a weakness? You understand how stupid you, you're sounding right now? No, no, you I don't, don't. You don't really. If you look at the, the the pitching in professional baseball, right? The Dodgers are number one in earn run average. They're number one in WHIP. They're number one in batting average against. And you just told me that's yeah. a weakness in, in the regular season. You just season. got on the radio. Yes, These guys are doing stuff they've never that's done all before. We, all we have is the regular gonna... season. That's we don't have playoff results yet. They haven't played them. I, I, I they haven't played the playoffs. Out. I can't wait. They're not they blowing blow anything. They are, they're they're winning the World Series, and you will you will never hear the end of it. The rest of my career, I will begin every segment. By the way, the Dodgers won the World Series. No, I'm Ben. You know what you're gonna say? Yes. At, the, at the time, I was right. That's every what you're gonna say. every hour, the Dodgers won the World Series. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. That's how it's going to be. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right, let's get to it. Here we go. Let's do it. Hey, you sports figure guy or girl. Who the hell are you talking to, son? Here's some instant advice. Hold that thought. No one's paid attention to me for 10 whole seconds. And if you don't like it, you. And away we go. The Insta Advice Line Unscreened Radio, which is very odd because I don't give out the number, but it's amazing. We get enough calls every week. All right, so let's see if we do it again this week on the Insta Advice Line where you give us advice, those, those people in sports. We take so often from the players and the coaches and the people in sports. This is our chance to give back wisdom, to give back knowledge, all of that. Uh, and it's really the climate of public opinion that matters. And so you use common sense, intelligence, logic, rational thinking. And who needs our advice this week in the world of sports? There are several options we could go. We decided to help out super agent to the stars, Scott Boris, the great agent, the Babe Ruth, the Bambino of agents in baseball. He happens to be the agent for Bryce Harper. 
and Scott Boris gave a heartfelt rant about how oh, ma- no. yeah he's very upset. Oh, he, he no. wants Major League Baseball to fix a problem oh, Eddie shut up they've got wet bases I had no idea this was a problem in baseball it's not no no according to Bryce Harper it's a problem and he urged Major League Baseball to take steps to ensure oh, shut that up. wet slick bases are not a safety hazard for players like Bryce Harper who looked like he got shot over the weekend because he slipped on the base. So, uh, with that being said, what is your advice to Major League Baseball for fixing wet bases? Eddie, what's your advice? Uh, Put a soft pillow at every uh, corner. Uh, There's a little sarcasm there. This is very serious, Eddie, please. Do not belittle the segment. All right, uh, give us a call right now. We'll start out with you on line one. Advice to baseball on fixing wet bases. Line number one. Psalm 316. <laughs> yes, they need to read God yeah, didn't pray. have any. God had no wet bases in the Bible. All right, line two. Hello, line two. Your advice to baseball on fixing wet bases. Ask George Clinton. Yeah, all right, thank you. Uh, line three. Hello, line three. Advice to baseball on fixing wet bases. Yeah, I would uh, whip out your golden ticket and uh, give it to Tammy Amante. Yeah, everyone does that. So cliche now to give Tammy a golden ticket. Do something else. Give it to Flexus or something. Line line four. Hello, line four. Advice to baseball on fixing wet bases. Hey, Ben, it's the ghost of Jimmy Ray from Tampa Bay. Oh, I missed you, Jimmy Ray. Where have you oh, been? Up here drinking some beer and eating chicken wings. All right. All right. Thank you, that Jimmy Ray. Heaven. Hey, I'm Jimmy Ray. Uh, line five. I missed that guy. Uh, line five. Hello, line five. Advice to baseball on fixing wet bases. Hey, thanks for having me on the air tonight, Ben. You're welcome. Uh, line six. Go. Advice to baseball on fixing wet bases. Hey, Ben. This is Kenny in Spokane. I would tell them to be as a big of a sports homer as Ben Maller. I'm not a homer. I'm fair and objective and neutral. That's why my opinion matters so much. Line one, hello. Up his nose with a rubber hose. All right, sounds good to me. Advice to baseball on fixing the pandemic of wet bases. <laughs> uh, don't choke on your meat or you'll jerk yourself away. Thank you, sir. Now that is good advice. Go away. <laughs> line, jerk yourself away. Line three, hello, line three. Advice to baseball on fixing the epidemic of wet, slick bases. Thirteen twenty-two. Oh, he's changing it up. He's no longer Thank just Jesus! He's like, hey, I got to expand my repertoire of Bible verses. Line four. Hello. Advice to baseball on fixing the pandemic of wet, slick bases. Yeah, is uh, Blind Scott's uh, sandwich from Firehouse Subs? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I like that. Thank. You. Save that for the lame jokes. Hello, I can hear you. Line five, are you there, line five? Uh, yes, Ben. I would look Major League Baseball and Scott Ford square in the eye and say, You are up on yourself, Ben Mallard. You are on yourself, Ben Mallard. <laughs> Gets better every week. Gets better every week. Hello, line six. We're giving advice to baseball on fixing the pandemic of wet bases. Ben, Kirk Gibson ain't walking through that door, brother. That's right. We've got the new hero, Bellinger. <laughs> Bellinger, Brother. the Bellingino, the Bambino of modern times. Brother. They've got, now I, I was uh, talking to some of my Dodger guys. This guy, Taylor, he's like Paul Molitor in the outfield. He is. He's like Paul. They are so stacked. And I am going to love it because all you haters, 
All you trolls are going to choke. You're going to choke. I cannot wait for the playoffs. I wish the playoffs started right now. The Dodgers, they might not lose more than one game in any series in the playoffs. Do you understand how dominant this team is? Let's go to the random line. Random line. Oh, I bet. Oh, it's Cowboy John oh, What Brett. a surprise. Okay, first of all, a rest in peace, uh, former ML- MLB umpire uh, Ken Kaiser. And, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Major League Baseball should replace these uh, ba- wet bases. Yeah, all right, thank you. What happens if Cowboy ends up with a Buxom Blonde? What will he be yelling for then? Uh, that'll probably never happen. All right, line one. Hello, line one. Line two, advice to baseball on fixing the pandemic of wet, slick bases. David Gagan. <laughs> David Gagan. Uh, how's that setup work? Like he just sits there on the phone waiting for it to answer, and then he has a, he hit the oh, button. There's no there. question. Right. Probably not that hard. Line three. Hello, line three. Tape a bunch of tampons together. All right. Thank you. That's angry pill. It's a very, very busy weekend for him. Line four. Hello, line four. Good morning, Ben. It's Monday morning. Coming up with advice for Major League Baseball. I would use Jerry Jones as the bag because he's now realized no matter how nice he is to Roger Goodell, he's going to be a bag too. Free Tom Brady! Free Tom Brady! Free Tom Brady! I, I think free. he's already free. Oh, right. uh, Line five, hello. You're listening to the Ben Maller Show. It's the instant advice line, unscreened radio. Good reasoning here, sound judgment, and the wisdom of the masses on display on the radio, public broadcasting. Uh, line five, hello. Put a Ben Maller at every base. He blows enough hot air about the Dodgers. He can clean them bases yeah. off. You're jealous, sir. <laughs> you are jealous of the facts of life. That's what I give you, the facts of life. Line six, hello, line six. Yes, I would uh, grab Grandma's Bible and read Mary 420, man. All right. Thank you for that. That's a nice tribute, I guess. Uh, hello, uh, Cowboy Line. Cowboy Line, go. Bring back Romo Man. What did you say? Bring Ro- back Romo Man? Oh, Romo Man. Yeah, Romo Man used to call the show back. He used to hit on uh, Miranda, my producer. That's old school. Cowboy's been with me a long time. Yeah, Romo, man. He was great. He's the guy that called me up from Dallas. He was babysitting his girlfriend's kids, and he was yelling at them on the phone. It was very interesting and awkward. Was, was, that, was he uh, Miranda's black boyfriend, or is that somebody that was different? I believe it's a different person. Okay. Yeah. Miranda got a lot of uh, male attention. When she and now she's a too. mommy. Yeah, I know. She's all grown up now. Uh, hello, line one. That's you. Hello. Oh, uh, thank you, Donald. That's the Donald Duck's endorsement of the Dodgers right there. Take that. Even Mickey Mouse is on board, or Mickey's friend Donald. Line two, hello. Hey, as a female, I'd say, go wrestle with men. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, about the uh, level of estrogen we get on the show. Hello. Uh, I like to wrestle with men. All right, we get that. Line three, that's you. Go. Of course you wish the playoffs started today because your team speak too early. Oh, stop. That's a hang up on your ass. I hang up on you. Line five, go. 
Two hams, $20. All right, thank you. We've heard that before. Uh, let's do one more and only one more. If it's good, I will take credit. If not, I will blame the Coupe de Loop, who will pick the final call on the instant advice line for Major League Baseball. We're giving advice on how to fix slippery, wet bases. Pandemic. Line number four. Line four, the final call on the instant advice line. Line four, go. You guys want to hear a song? Breathe rest his head on a pillow made of concrete. Yeah. There it is, the instant advice line. <laughs> Karaoke. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.